Welcome back to the Drone Waves Summit for FreightWaves. This is Alan Adler. I'm the Detroit Bureau Chief at FreightWaves. I'm joined today by John Graber. I'm excited to have this opportunity to talk to John. He is the president of Aerospace at Workhorse Group out of Cincinnati. And we are uh, just, this is a great opportunity to catch up on some last mile discussion via drone, of course. Uh, John has a long uh, aviation background. He was a helicopter pilot in, in the Army for uh, over 20 years. He's also had a lot of C-suite experience at, at a number of aviation companies, including uh, in, in, including uh, uh, Monster Aviation, and also was president and CEO of uh, Global Aviation Holdings, the president of CHC Helicopter Services, president of ABX Air, and also senior vice president and managing director at ATA Airlines. Um, so his background in aviation does inform, we think, what uh, what we're going to be talking about. John, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Alan. So we have a, a number of things that are going on. We've been watching, of course, the activity around drones at Workhorse for really for a number of years because because the uh, the horsefly, as as it's best known as its name as it's named, has been around for quite a while. And and I think that I think what we're looking at here is uh, just opportunity to frame that up a little bit in terms of the drone community. What are the top three concerns right now uh, by drone developers like yourself? Uh, well, thanks for having me, Alan. Look forward to the discussion. I'd tell you that the, the way we think about it as an industry, uh, I, I don't want to speak to what everybody else thinks, but as someone who's been in the national airspace system for a long time, the first top of mind thing you think about is, is the United States going to lead in this industry or follow? There are uh, many organizations around the world that govern aviation in the countries that uh, they say grace over that are working really hard to be leaders in unmanned aerial systems, package delivery, and how you think about those things uh, in the nations around the world. We want the United States to be the leader in that, and we want to be able to be part of that. So I think uh, the ability to get what we need out of uh, the Federal Aviation Administration the way we think about how the regulations work for small UAS in particular is extremely important going forward. We have a great relationship with the FAA office that's certificating these kinds of aircraft. It's very important that we keep that going well, and I think that would be the first thing. Then the second thing that's top of mind in our industry is how do you make something that is the way we think about it all the time, safe, reliable, and precise so that all of us um, recognize the value this brings to us and none of the downsides. Uh, people talk all the time about uh, whether they want something flying over their head or not. Well, of course, there are things flying overhead all the time. There are all kinds of uh, aircraft in the national airspace system. We want to be one that is safe and compliant and reliable. Then I think the last thing you talk about is um, scale. How do you make something like this that is safe, reliable, precise, and provides the volume that the marketplace is going to need? There are millions, tens of millions of packages delivered in the United States every day, and some percentage of those can be delivered by unmanned aerial systems. You have to figure out how you get to that delivery volume so that the industry can mature. Sure. 
Well, that's a good summary. I, I guess, uh, you know, the, the workhorse, uh, Horsefly, as we mentioned, has been around for several years. Can you sort of walk a, through its history a little bit and, and maybe how the approach or the mission has, has changed or evolved? You've been involved for a while. Uh, I joined the team last year working on the Horsefly project. I'll tell you that we've been working on it for four years total at Workhorse. And the initial goal was to figure out how to take a 9, 10, 11,000 pound package delivery truck that burns roughly eight or nine miles a gallon in fossil fuel and make that thing more efficient. So Workhorse is a last mile delivery solution company. We have an electric vehicle that delivers packages the same gross weight as a diesel vehicle, but instead of running eight miles a gallon, we'll run 40 miles a gallon equivalent with an all electric, very low carbon fiber footprint vehicle, right? The notion of the drone comes from, okay, how do you extend the efficiency of the truck even more? How can you take, um, a truck that weighs 9,000 pounds, delivers a 10-pound package, is there something you can do that's better than that? And there is. Our drone weighs 22 pounds, so instead of moving 9,000 pounds down the road to deliver 10, we're moving 22 pounds through the air to deliver 10. So we're taking the carbon footprint that's required, instead of moving a 9,000-pound truck, electrically or with fossil fuel, we're only moving a 22-pound aircraft and a 10-pound payload, so call it 32 pounds total, to deliver the package to your door or to your backyard or to your neighborhood. That kind of carbon footprint change is transformational to the globe when you think about what carbon means and how you think about the generation of electricity and the differences between that and fossil fuel. So that really is what set us on the path four years ago to figuring out how to improve the efficiencies in package delivery. And that's what we've been working on ever since. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you mentioned a couple of things that are really interesting there. Um, you know, the, the carbon footprint, of course, and, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll mention that, you know, from, from our coverage of, of Workhorse, we know that the, that the new C-Series is, is, uh, is composite body and also takes out a lot of weight there, you know, compared to a, to a steel uh, vehicle and, and things like that. Now, and really, we talked about this briefly, John, but the idea of the truck-mounted drone being a differentiator, can you talk to that a little bit? I mean, no one else is really looking to do that right now. Uh, sure. Um, actually, I think there are many package delivery organizations interested in making their ground fleet more efficient. Certainly the market interest we've seen indicates that to us. If you think about who the large package delivery organizations in the world are, governmental, non-governmental, they are all interested in driving efficiencies into their system. So if you think about the way a truck works that delivers packages, You've got right now, by and large, an internal combustion engine being driven by a driver on our roads, adding to congestion on our streets, and that volume is just going to go up and up and up. Every time you put a human being into a situation like that, you have the possibility for things to go wrong. So the aircraft that we've built, the system that we've built is autonomous with the notion of taking as much human error and human injury out of things as possible. If you think about the notion that oh, 10, 15 
a million packages a day are reasonable numbers to think you could deliver by drones. You think about the impact that could have in your neighborhood, reducing the number of vehicles that are on the surface street, the congestion that would go down, the number of drivers who don't have to twist their knee getting out of a truck on a slow, slicking street, those kinds of things. Uh, it can really make a difference. And those are the kinds of things that we see people are interested in over and over again uh, to help make a truck more efficient. At the same time, you've indicated, though, that, that you'll do more drones than you, would drone, than you will do drones for trucks. In other words, uh, you, you, your, your division is about drones. It isn't just about equipping these trucks with uh, a launch opportunity. You can launch these pretty much from everywhere. Maybe you want to walk us through your vision in, in terms of how this will play out, what you see happening. Well, this isn't my vision. I'll tell you, this is an industry vision. There is this notion uh, that people will want uh, the convenience, the safety, and the low carbon footprint that comes from all electric delivery drones. If you think about how you spend your time, and you think about the notion that pick your grocery store or your drug store or your hardware store or your home improvement store, and the time you were under a car putting brakes on or the time you ran out of sugar or milk or that you needed a prescription filled and you didn't want to get out because you were too sick or someone you knew was and you needed a low-touch op uh, option or a, a no-touch option, those are the kinds of things that we think uh, drones can do really, really well. And if you believe that's true, then you believe that there's an option here for organizations like ours to help communities like ours figure out the right way forward to do it. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned, uh, or it's been mentioned that, that you're in type approval uh, for, for the drone with the FAA about 12 months out, 12 to 18 months, I guess, is, is what we've most recently talked about. So, so how close to prime time then is the horse fly? Uh, I think we could deliver safely tomorrow. The aircraft, the system we've put together has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of um, test deliveries under its belt now. And we work in the national airspace system every day. We're flying today, in fact. We delivered packages today with a test aircraft and a test truck. Uh, so I think that we are very close to having the system set up so that we can safely, reliably, and precisely deliver uh, for the American people and, in fact, people all over the world. The FAA piece uh, is a decision we made very um, uh, early on. The notion is the FAA has some of the most demanding requirements in the world. Uh, they are going to demand levels of safety and reliability and redundancy that you don't have to have to fly a drone any, anywhere in the world. Uh, but if you want a type certificate for your aircraft, like Boeing has, like Airbus has, like Cessna has, then you have to go through this very rigorous FAA process. And that's what we're doing. We are uh, working with the notion that this is an aerospace project run by an aerospace team, not a prosumer drone kind of thing that uh, really doesn't matter uh, and that anybody can do. There is a rigor to it. There is a, a system 
approach to safety and reliability that we're working really hard to attain and and maintain and attain, I should say. Attain and maintain, let me say it that way. And we, we think it's really important that we be safe, reliable, and precise. And that's what we're working for with the FAA as we move forward. If you think about the FAA and the industry's record, uh, in the commercial airline world, people and cargo, there hasn't been a fatal accident in years in the United States airspace system. That's because of the FAA's safety systems and the industry's work to make sure that there is always safety at the forefront of everything they do. That's the kind of philosophy that we're following in our work. So this is, uh, if I can make a comparison, and you can tell me if these are accurate, this is sort of your good, good housekeeping seal of approval, your UL certification, whatever you might want to call it. But it is, it is basically that, that certainty, if you will, that you're following the best standards that there are. That's correct. Okay. You've already delivered, I should say, workhorses delivered a couple of trucks to UPS with the uh, ability to, to launch drones, and they have been testing them. Um, I, I don't know how much you can say but in terms of what you're hearing. But uh, maybe you can share a little bit with that. I mean, you know, this is real world stuff, right? It is real world stuff. Uh, I'll let my customers speak for their experience with our product. I don't want to do that, though. Um, so I'd ask you to ask UPS about us. Okay. Okay. But generally, you've heard good things, I hope, so far. I think they're, they're very happy with our team and the product we make. But again, let sure. me have you check with them. No, that, that, that's certainly fair. You've um, indicated that there really are best uses for a, a drone of 22 pounds that can carry 10 pounds. What do you like in terms of sort of best uses? Are, are you, do you have a, uh, an idea of what the best products are? Is it truly pizza or auto parts or all of the above? What? The neat thing about this business is we don't have to figure that out. If somebody had told you, 200 years ago, there would be railroads across our nation. You would look at them like they had two heads. If somebody had looked at you 20 years ago and said Uber and Lyft would be here or that there would be charter helicopters available in New York City, nobody would believe those kinds of things with the volume that exists today. So there's a, there's a disruptive force here in safe, reliable, package delivery that I think will transform the world. Uh, it, it's one thing in the United States where we have first world infrastructure. If you go to places where that doesn't exist, where a road can't be taken for granted, where a drugstore a mile away can't be taken for granted, there are real opportunities for our product to change people's lives, to save people's lives. And those are the kinds of things that many in the in the industry have worked through already in third world nations. We think that kind of thing is going to percolate its way up uh, so that there's more and more volume around the world in what I call the second and a half third world. And in the United States, we think there will be a level of service and convenience that your definition of will be completely different than mine. Uh, but they're out there. We get more and more calls all the time from the hamburger delivery organization to the life-saving drug uh, that needs to be delivered in a standoff way in a very high-risk environment. And it's everything in between. 
Sure. Does this uh, service end up, uh, whether it's launched from a back of a truck or whether it's launched from a stationary uh, ground uh, place, is it really sort of a specialty service? I mean, you, you mentioned the helicopter service in New York, for example. That's not something for everybody, but it sounds like this might be what they say in the supplier industry, sort of a premium air product, if you will. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, but the bar for premium can be set fairly low. If you think back to the Amazon model uh, or the FedEx model before that, the original idea was overnight. Then it became time definite, right? So time definite doesn't have to be overnight. If I know it's going to be here Wednesday, Wednesday is good enough. I just have to know Wednesday. It's the same kind of thing with drone delivery. There is a threshold that is not that high of value that drones can provide that people will pay for and that become necessary uh, to all sorts of things that have from uh, the critical part to the medicine, but it could also be milk when you're baking a cake, which seems fairly pedestrian, but if you're in the middle of baking a cake and you run out of milk, it's not. So I think there will be an expanding uh, universe of uses. I talk about this all the time. The, the neat thing about being in our business is that we do not have to define the use cases because the world is beating a path to our door to do that with full of people. They're figuring out what they want to do and why. I don't have to understand those things. I just have to provide safe, reliable, precise, quiet machines. In the time that you've been a workhorse, has there been a, a, a move? I, I seem to remember certainly the, the discussions were around truck-based drones. Has it always been the intent to become a drone company, if you will, uh, a workhorse? Has that always been in the plan? I don't know the answer to that. It's always been my intent. Okay. Also, within the last year or so, probably right before you joined, uh, the, the uh, arrangement with Moog came into being. And I wondered if you could talk about sort of the lessons, the, learn, the learnings and things like that that you've gotten from working with, you know, an aerospace company. Oh, sure. Well, and they continue today. Uh, Moog and Workhorse put together a joint venture that is designed to enhance the work, the Workhorse Horsefly product. The JV between Moog and Workhorse owns that IP, and we use it and develop it, and they use it and develop it. You're right. Moog is a remarkable organization. We have a great relationship with them. They specialize in, if you don't know, what they call the dull, dirty, and dangerous side of aerospace, which is uh, very high safety requirements, very high dependability, reliability requirements. And they have done a lot to help us advance the autonomous aspects of what we do and the safety aspects of what we do. They have thousands of engineers and billions of dollars in revenue, much bigger than we are, much longer in tooth with space platforms and part 121 heavy aircraft platforms and military platforms. And it's really been uh, good for us as the smaller organization to have access to their people and their talents and their views. And I think it's been helpful for them to have access to our smaller, nimble organization that is moving uh, in different paths fast.
Interesting. Yeah, I, very little has been talked about with the with the MoGa relationship, so that's that's really helpful. Let me uh, let me get you out of here on this one, and and it's one that that you know we kind of previewed a little bit, and that's this whole idea that as we have more drones, you know, receiving the approval to fly, uh, how concerned are you and and maybe the industry about traffic jams in the sky? buzzing drones, noise pollution, some of those things that might be considered downsides. I think you even said some people don't want something flying over the head if they, you know, at, at any particular time. Talk about that. Those are some of the things that seem to come up when we talk about drones. Yeah, the, the way we talk about this is uh, if a year from now we haven't made the papers uh, other than to deliver things, then the industry wins. If a year from now we have made the papers with a spectacular accident of some kind, or we've raised people's eyebrows, or a particular neighborhood doesn't want us there, then we will have failed. And we just can't do that. Uh, the organizations that we are all part of, making package delivery drones, are flying, are subject to um, very high standards of performance. We all are used to the way machines and vehicles work around us and over us, and we have to build on those successful models, not tear them down. That's the thing that we spend most of our time thinking about. In our organization, and most organizations are the same way, we start every flight with a circle safety brief where everybody talks about what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, what the normal things are, what we might expect that aren't normal, and what we're going to do about them so that everyone's safe, everything's compliant, and everybody uh, understands what system safety and system reliability looks like. That's what we have to do. There is this notion of um, unmanned traffic management systems uh, that have to be fleshed out as volume grows. The good news about being an FAA compliant organization is that we'll be part of that and we will help the industry figure out the right ways forward so that it cannot uh, annoy people on the ground and not cause a traffic jam in the sky and not make people point up and wonder why that thing's up there today. We want people to not even know we're there. And that's what we're working on all the time. Beautiful. That's a great way to end this, John. Thank you so much for your insights on this. It's great. I wish you the very best at, at uh, in the aerospace division at Workhorse. And uh, we look forward to talking again. Thank you, Alan.